0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The Matt McNeil Show for your Friday. Matt and Brett here today. We are guest free after a week of just incredible shows with guests. Uh, We are guest free today. We were going to have Greg Bakken stop by and I'll talk about this a little bit later on. Uh, Unfortunately, unable to make it today, but we got things to talk about with him.
1: How are you today, Brett? I'm doing all right, and yeah, you're right. As I go back and look at the guests this week, my God, John Fugel saying Stephanie Miller, Rick Smith. Uh-huh. Can you get any better than that? Stein, Stein, yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh, we, Schecter, yeah. Well, you had Schechter on earlier too. That's BroadCorp,
0: right, yeah. we had, yeah, we had. Uh, it was heavy and deep all week long. Doctor Joe, yeah, we we did well. So, did I do Schechter this week? I don't, I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't even remember. It's in so many guests. I don't. So, basically, you got to listen to me just
1: babble incoherently for the next two hours. And by the way, if you missed any of those, go check it out on our Best of Interviews page.
0: Ooh, that's right. You can go over there. Well, Best of Interviews, of course, you can, all the interviews are are, are segmented out. So, you can go to uh, iTunes and anything like that, type Matt McNeil Show, ch- type John sang or Steph Miller or Dr. Joe. You'll find them all there. And also we should mention the Stein. What time what time does the Stein interview air on Sunday?
1: Yeah, so that's Sundays at five thirty.
0: We re-air because Jeff Stein is so popular. Is that the word? Um hated? Hated. Uh popular. Popular. We'll go with that. Uh needless to say, he is uh we rebroadcast that. <laughs> you can't let him hear any of this stuff. Uh let'll just get grief. Uh he, he basically we re-air his interview from Wednesday on Sunday. Make sure you enjoy that. Uh so last night. So it was birthday night for b- birthday boy, big boy me here. Tied, by the way, tie that new place bras out in Hopkins. Oh, how was that? Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's brand new, isn't it? it uh, it's Caribbean kind of sort of thing. The difference between Caribbean and, and and kind of Southern cuisine is there's no potatoes or mac and cheese, but they have yuca and they have uh, great rices and, oh, it was delicious. Uh, plantains. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love... I love the fact, you know, you know why I believe in a multicultural world, man, food, dude, <laughs> it's, the world's food kicks butt, man. Bring it, bring it. Tell me what you got. I remember the first time I, I had like a um, uh, Nepalese food and I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is like meat and potatoes. Nepal apparently is like the Midwest of Asia and it's just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Love it all. Love the spice. Love the heat. Uh, I did go to, I did go, you get ready. Are you ready for this fancy schmancy? I did ocean air this last week and the day we went to the girl from North country. That was really my birthday dinner out. <sighs> Unbelievable. Possibly the best lobster bisque I've ever had. Could be possibly the best lobster I've ever had in that lobster bisque. Unbelievable. Had a great time there. They did a baked Alaska. So basically flame on Johnny storm. That was, that's, that's delicious. And uh, yeah, had a really good time with that. And then, and then last night we did we did the brazen. That was very good. My daughter made a, a cake made, not a box made. Light years, light years better. It is phenomenal. And then we went out to the Minnesota Zoo and pumpkins. And I don't know what's going on now, but dude, that place was. We went. We we first we couldn't get tickets. They used to do tickets, I think, at like 6 for the real little kids because it's not even dark out, really. 6, 7, and your ticket is two per hour. So if you have the 6 o'clock hour, anytime in the 6 o'clock hour, you can go on out. And it used to be we'd get the 8 o'clock hour because that was real slick. You go at 8.30, there's no one really in line. You can go right through. Well, now they're doing it at 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock. We got out there at 9, probably 9.05. It was packed last night. The Minnesota Zoo was packed. Pumpkins are always good fun. I mean, there's not much that gets you in the Halloween, Halloween spirit better than that pumpkin walk out of the Minnesota Zoo. Have you done that one? Have you done it? I have not, one? no. You need to go. That it's it, fun, yeah. There's a lot of non scary pumpkins. And as a matter of fact, I, I think that this year I might, you know, if I may, you know, pumpkin connoisseurs, there's a lot of animal pumpkins. Like, it's a goose. And you're like, okay. Has the goose got a record? Is a goose uh, serving time for murder? You know, nope, it's just a goose. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the beaver. And who doesn't love a beaver? I love a beaver. Beavers are fantastic. Love them. But it's not exactly the scariest pumpkin you'll ever see. Only fans, anyway. But no, you get <laughs> you get the point. There's like frogs. Is like, is it? Is this? is it a big frog? No, it's just a frog. Okay. There's always a lot of animals. They did an a, a calendar sort of thing so they went through and kind of had scenes from every time of the year. Not really scary. They did get to October and October did deliver a few good scary ones in there for the for the month. The scariest one though, I don't think was trying to be scary. It was a picture of a, like a dad and a kid raking leaves in their front yard. Just a standard like ranch house, right? But instead of heads, they had jack-o'-lanterns. And the more I looked at it, I was like, that's freaky AF, man. That is, I mean, I don't know what I would think when I was like, are, are the leaf piles in the shapes of humans? What, what, What's going on, man? It, 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 does it make sense when I'm kind of describing there?
1: Yeah, that does sound a little freaky, yeah. Not a little freaky. I mean, I'm... S- Okay, I'll tell you what. I got I'll it right. I, it up I, 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 got, I got it on the screen. We'll put it on the
0: broadcast screen. You can see this and you can tell me if I'm way off base with this. Uh, da, 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 where was it? Uh-huh, huh? Uh, yep, there it is. All right, so here you go. You tell me that's not scary as hell. Get go.
1: Yeah, that kind of is.
0: Yeah, yeah it is. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a you know, you get you get you get a a good scary one like that one, right? That pumpkin there. Where it's good. This is it for all the people who are listening, and you realize, okay, Matt, you do realize you're on the radio. I do. Uh, this is like three ghouls with a little kid. Kid screwed. So, but you know, there you go. Uh, you you got that pumpkin there. I mean, that's intentionally scary, but it's not dad wearing a jack o' lantern head raking leaves in the front yard. You know, that's that's like you know, okay, that neighbor moves in, you're done. You're done. Just the entire. Na- I mean, he's raking everyone's leaves at that point. scared me to death. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> Happy Halloween fun time gone. No I'm just kind of maybe I'm kind of grateful now I'm kind of resenting the fact that the leaves are now a month behind where they should be. It's gorgeous out today. I saw you biked here today. It's gorgeous out today. It's spectacular. It's, it's one of the best September days we've had on October 20th. And there is, my yard is still shockingly clean as far as leaves go. So, all you people out there is like, so it's a nice day, but who, yeah, you don't understand what's going on here. How long before these idiots in the desert Southwest that have moved out to the, oh, I don't know, desert? Start trying to make an argument under the interstate you know, tra- commerce law that, well, if a river s- flows through other states, then is it really the rights of Minnesota to keep it from everyone else? And all of a sudden, they're putting a freaking spigot into Lake Minnetonka and sucking all the water down so they can have a golf course in the middle of the freaking desert. Yeah, that's coming. But you can just sit there and say, oh, it's just a warm day. Yeah, all of a sudden, when your lake is all of a sudden getting drained by some idiots living out in the freaking desert. Then also was like, why aren't you helping me? Yeah, because you, you weren't doing too much when, when this was something we could address. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So a lot to get to. I gotta start with, though, the most predictable news story. When this happened this morning, was there a oh my God, what a shock! Or was it more of a, ah, eh, I was expecting this headline to come any day now? The building that for several uh, decades housed the sprawling Kmart store on Lake Street on Nicollet there, the building they, some moron decided to cut Nicollet Avenue in two and place a Kmart in the middle of Nicollet Mall because revitalization. Stupid. Um... Now, the long abandoned, well, it's not long abandoned. They, I think they closed it in 2020, is when the Kmart closed. But the old Kmart store on Lake Street had caught fire before dawn Friday. It had burned for hours through much of the morning. At about 5 a.m., fire crews scrambled to the boarded up vacant building where the blaze belched large clouds of smoke. Nice, nice, nice wordplay there, Star Tribune. Belched large clouds of smoke hundreds of feet into the sky. Firefighters on three aerial ladders sent continuous funnels of water down into the near nearly block-long structure in its effort to contain the blaze. Assistant Fire Chief Melanie Rucker said that after th- roughly five and a half hours, the fire crews have extinguished the bulk of the fire. Rucker says the two aerial water towers remained on the scene midday to continue spraying water into the building, working to extinguish remaining hot spots and flare-ups. Uh, due to the partial collapse of, of uh, or of a rear wall, there may be fire and void spaces, the assistant chief said. A portion of the roof also caved in, she added. No injuries among civilians or firefighters have been reported. Big salute, by the way, to everyone in the Minneapolis Fire Department, FD over there. Uh, nice job, guys. Nice job. Uh, you know, it's it, you guys do a great job with the Minneapolis Fire Department, and all I can do is salute you guys. That's for sure. Um Fire personnel saw upon the arrival the fire was concentrated at the back of the building where heavy smoke was puffing through the bricks. Rucker said in an early afternoon update there is still an active scene. Rucker's statement continued and we may be here for a few more hours. Assistant chief was said during the post sunrise media briefing near the scene that the fire was doing pretty well when we arrived. Rucker said the fire personnel late Friday evening or excuse me Friday morning did make entry through the front door of the building. To do a quick search of the areas that had not collapsed and no people were found during that quick initial search. Investigators, bravery. That's bravery right there. Investigators have yet to make a preliminary determination on how the fire began. I'm going to guess, I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Brett? I mean, I'm guessing like the mill fires downtown, which were started by homeless people that, you know, were you know, trying to stay warm and then they caught the whole building.
1: Yeah, even though it wasn't exactly cold last night, but it could be something like that. I mean, I, I'm surprised this hasn't happened earlier, considering that that thing has been abandoned and largely empty for a while. Like,
0: like I said, is anyone shocked by this headline? I mean, oh, the Kmart building burned down. I mean, it, it's it, remember up on um, uh, Bidet Mokoska, the the someone set that building on fire. We've had that happen oh, before, yeah. so. And I I remember back when I was doing metro traffic and I was doing airborne, there was the old brewery over in St. Paul that caught on fire. I remember that. And I thought that was, that might've been industrial. That might've been industrial. I can't remember. That was a big fire. I mean, you could, yeah, we were over on the Minneapolis side. I remember when they called and they said, there's a fire on the east side. We looked over. I said, how did I miss that? Just a huge cauldron of smoke going north, north going into the sky. Um. On Thursday, around 8.45 near the Kmart, the city started clearing out a homeless encampment. Um, a, a few hours later, the space was empty, save for city trucks and employees cleaning up items that had been left behind. Several Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge volunteers were there to support those who were displaced by helping to move a pile of the remaining possessions that otherwise had been discarded. City spokesperson Blair Luce said about 30 people were given roughly... Uh, About a half an hour to gather their stuff in medicine ahead of the encampment removal, shutting down the encampment is necessary, Luce said, because they pose public health and safety risks in those living community in them as well as the surrounding areas. With Metro Transit Homeless Response teams standing by along with their outreach programs, Luce added public works personnel cleared out about 60,000 pounds of garbage. The site was cleared at 1 p.m. to allow private contractors to fence in the area. Officials have yet to address whether the removal of the encampment is related to Friday's blaze. Fires have broken. I don't I, I, I kind of I'm going to ask the question is why are you even bringing these two things together? Um, there's an empty you know, White Castle there now. Is that somehow responsible for the blaze? I mean, it seems like what you're doing is going out of your way in this story. And I don't know if this is the Star Tribune doing it, although I'm shocked the Star Tribune would go down this road. Or if the city is trying to kind of do a little backtracking justification for the removal of the encampments by saying, you know, just the other day, we removed an encampment here and now the Kmart burned down. I'm not saying they're related, but yeah. Where was loose at the time of the fire? Can I ask <laughs> the city's folks? I can do this too. I can, I can just make up hypothetical completely pulled out of my caboose connections too. See? I have no idea what Luce is up to and by no means am I'm I implying. I'm making more of an example here of a point is that, so you cleared out a homeless encampment. That doesn't mean that the homeless people that were in the encampment had anything to do with this. I'm not quite sure why those two, that those two things were connected in this story. I mean, I mean, I, I think a far more viable, I mean, I'm, okay. And I'm not making any accusations. I am not. I'm just saying if I was to read in this story, well, the, the, there's a question on whether or not the owner of the building who had been having trouble paying back taxes or something like that. You know, you have a story like that. or you There, where was, the, there was a restaurant in rural Minnesota. That they were in debt, and all of a sudden they had a fire. And, like, oh, you, then you find out. It's like, I mean, there's, a, there's that viable connection. A bus goes by this. How many buses go by this place? Why don't you just blame the buses? Eat Street's on the north side of it. Why don't you blame Eat Street? You, can, you see, I can do this, too. There's no A to B line you can draw here. Why you're doing so, I don't know. And even if it was a person who was homeless, how do you know that that person was from the encampment you just closed down? You see how irresponsible this is? There's just so much vagueness to this that even imply that this is somehow combined together. I just don't get it. (sighs) Officials have yet to address whether the removal of the encampment is related to Friday's blaze. Fires have broken out in encampments from time to time in recent years, but that's not, that's a Kmart versus an encampment. Um, Kmart opened to the 10 acre site in 1978, it was part of the revitalization area of the Nicollet Avenue and Lake Street area. How'd that go? Oh. A decision to build the store Severing uh, Nicollet has been controversial ever since. No, it was just stupid. It wasn't controversial. It was just stupid. There's like one guy like, this is going to be the greatest idea ever. And no one said, no, it's not. In 2020, Minneapolis agreed to pay $9.1 to buy out Kmart's, le- Kmart's lease and move forward. The plans to demolish the building. The planning process has been time-consuming, but the structure is expected to be raised next spring. Well, I think that's just, just been accelerated. Kaylee Brown, executive director of the Whittier Alliance Neighborhood Group, said the fire might speed up the demolition timeline, and she's confident the city would do whatever it takes to make the site as safe as possible as soon as possible. Demolition is just a first step in what's expected to be a years-long project there. Construction of the roadway to reconnect Nicollet will likely begin in 2025. Other developments have not been anticipated until 2027. But I want to make sure I just – this building, I'm not surprised this building burnt out just because it's – It's been such an eyesore in the community for such a long time, and it's been kind of a flashpoint in the community. And frankly, I don't think it's very well patrolled or anything like that. And so you could have a litany of causes to why this fire started from electrical to arson to a homeless person. I don't know. The fire department will make a determination and figure this out. But I, my whole point here is why the city and why the Star Tribune as well went along with this. Well, there was an encampment that was broken down the day before. Wow, that's guilt by association and not really a fair association either. And, and I think that you've got to be careful when you put this out there because at least the, the mere fact that these two things are together in this story Points to a point, a narrative that's being drawn that's a very clear narrative that, oh, we're kind of trying to portray this as possibly a homeless problem, maybe from that homeless encampment. Maybe that that, then other people will will stop protesting when the encampments are shut down. I don't know. So, and and by no means, and and very clearly, I want to say this by no means, if I'm implying Miss Luce had anything to do with this. But at the same time, you know, why don't you accuse me Well, I was home sleeping? But, I mean, still, at the same time, you know, you can accuse Brett. You can accuse, you know.
1: Where was Patrick?
0: Where is Patrick? Where was Tory Hunter? Where was Tory Hunter, damn it? <laughs> See, I can do it, too. I can say that. Where was Mayor Fry? I can do it, too. <laughs> where was Pat Garofalo? I can do it, too. I don't have anything to connect these people. I can just say these two things, and that's it. And you shouldn't be doing that. You just shouldn't be doing that. So, And no, I do not think Torrey Hunter or Pat had anything to do with the Kmart fire. It'd be a heck of a story if they did. But no, neither one of them, I think, has anything to do with it. So you get my point. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil show. This show is airing right now. And by the way, just to let you know, Taco Bell is now serving nuggets. Are they connected? I don't know. But can you put it? I don't know. Could they be? I don't know. I don't. I really don't actually. I mean, is I mean, am I am I a nugget? Am I there's am I served with dipping sauce I don't get it, man. Trying to figure out
1: Taco Bell chicken nuggets. It uh, just doesn't seem... I
0: think I'm going to have to right. try them this weekend, man.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it might not be terrible, yeah. Speaking of terrible, Jim Jordan. Sorry, thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a That's a pro setup right there. Speaking of unspeakable, Jim Jordan. It's not been a good day for Jim. Representative Jim Jordan on Friday lost an internal vote. Not just, okay, so they had earlier today the third vote for him to be speaker, and guess what happened? He lost more votes. So, what these got, this brain trust that's the Republican Party came up with was they were going to have a secret ballot. And I don't know if they did with the secret ballot, but that people's names weren't going to be on the sheet of paper, and he got trounced in private, saying people did not want him as speaker. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio lost an internal vote to continue as his party's nominee for Speaker Friday, plunging the House into further uncertainty and sending Republicans searching for a new leader. (laughs) Uh, The vote came hours after Mr. Jordan failed for a third time to win election as a House Speaker, leaving his party with no consensus on a way forward and the chamber paralyzed in the face of growing pressure to get back to business. Mr. Jordan had pushed ahead with the vote, despite clear signs, he would still fall short. And the outcome showed that he'd actually lost ground with 25 Republicans now openly revolting against him compared to the 22 who voted against him in the last try and the 20 that he voted he got voted against him the first time. Three Republicans from swing districts won by Biden, Representative Mark Mullerino Mal- uh, of New York, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, and Thomas Keene, Jr. of New Jersey abandoned Jordan after supporting him earlier, bury these guys with this vote. I mean, Stauber voted for him the first time. Bury Stauber with it. That's He supported Jim Jordan. And you see, his, that's, there you are, DFL. There's your ad. He supported Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, who wants to pro- cut Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare and called a 10-year-old rape victim a liar. He supported that. And scene. Brought to you by the DFL. You see, I can do this for you guys. Unfortunately, Jim is no longer going to be the nominee, said former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Uh, did, did it come out kind of like this? If I can. Unfortunately, uh, Jim's no longer going to be the nominee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, McCarthy, who's ousted 18 days ago by hard-right rebels through the House into disarray, will have to go back to the drawing board. There is no consensus among Republicans about an alternative candidate to Mr. Jordan. Republicans have already shown resistance to a temporary solution that would give Representative Patrick T. McHenry of North Carolina, who is acting as secret, a speaker pro tem, the authority to run the House for a few months. The ideological and personal divisions that have flared in recent days show no signs of abating. Now, it should be mentioned, the re- main reason why the Republicans are against that is that they would need Democrats on board. And they are—nothing makes the Republicans more furious than the idea of bipartisanship. That, you know, that, 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 is, that is something where making a concession, even though it would help them greatly to do so— is a bridge too far for these clowns. And that that's just, you have to put that into perspective. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, apparently that was, uh, that, that secret door meeting yesterday, there was apparently a lot of screaming about how dare you expect us to work with them. You realize how much in trouble you guys are right now? There is no one. Heck, Jesus could come down First of all, I, he'd be a Democrat. But if, if Jesus came on down and said, okay, bye, I'll be speaker, you'd have seven of you guys vote against him, hands down, easy. What's this about feeding the hungry, you say? The moocher class? Not on my watch. Welcoming in strangers from strange lands? What is that all about? The unending discord among the chamber's Republicans only appeared more consequential as President Biden asked Congress to take up the $105 billion package that would provide security assistance to Ukraine and Israel in the midst of wars there, while also giving money to Taiwan in an infusion of funds to help uh, deter migration across the border with Mexico. The House has been in a state of chaos for 18 days after the hard-right rebels ousted McCarthy. The Republican Conference's initial nominee succeeded him. Steve Scalise of Louisiana failed to muster enough support to move forward. Jordan then received his party's nomination to be Speaker. should be mentioned that Sean Hannity went on the war path to basically try to force all the Republicans to vote for him. That didn't work out too well for them. He failed to win the post by full House on uh, votes on Tuesday and Wednesday. Speaking of a brief news conference the Capitol before the vote, Jordan, a co-founder of the ultra-conservative House Freedom Caucus, who has risen to become the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, emphasized the need for the House to elect a new leader in the chamber, could resume its business, including providing assistance to Israel in response to the attacks by Hamas. We need to get to work for the American people, he said. We need a speaker as soon as possible. So, there you go. Uh, they are in freefall mode. But there is something that happened earlier in the day that I'm going when – I, when I come back from the break, I'm going to take this call here in just a second. But when I come back from the break, I want to take some time to break this down because I want you to understand where exactly the modern Republican is today. And this – what happened, this lesser story that happened – gives you an interview of the twisted psyche and id of most Republicans that you'll see. But let's go to Todd and Ramsey. Uh, Todd, thanks for holding. Welcome on into the show. Thanks, Matt. Just uh, thought I would remind you, because I know you're on top of uh, American history, about uh, a famous quote by a famous American satirist, Will Rogers, almost 100 years ago, said that I, back then, he said, I'm not
1: part of an organized political party. I'm a Democrat. Well, that may need to be updated now, don't you think?
0: <laughs> well, I think that, well, let's be honest, and thank you very much. Will Rogers, thanks, Todd. I appreciate the phone call. Since then, we had the the Civil Rights Act, and basically all the people that were, at that point, the Republicans that were causing the, or Democrats that were causing the problem became Republicans, the Dixiecrats, and uh, yeah, I think it's the same group of people. I mean, you have to remember... This is a group of people who – the natural state of a Republican is selfishness, if I can be blunt. Because and, – and and even as they say, Matt, how dare you? I'm a Christian. How dare you call me selfish? Okay, let's raise the taxes and feed everyone. But, 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 but I'm not going to do that. I mean, they're just, those are lazy people. No, 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 no. They're not, you can feed everyone. We can feed everyone tomorrow. Just stop the tax cuts for the billionaires. Let's just do that. We can feed them. Let's give healthcare to everyone. Even those people, Matt, you see, there's my point. Your natural state is selfishness. Your natural state is to punish. And when I come back, I'm going to break this down because it is not me saying this. This is you guys saying this. I'll explain when I do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950.
1: If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and I could take you
0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, uh, more hypocrisy from the Christian right. Uh, sang. by the way, who you can catch tomorrow at the Sexy Liberal Show on the pay-per-view. Go to sexyliberal.com for that. Here is, it just He comes on out and just goes after this one guy who basically talking about Jesus. Jesus said to carry a sword. Uh, no. Uh, there's a common right-wing Christian falsehood. Jesus said never carry, never says carry a sword. He says in Luke 22, they need swords because prophecy said they'd be considered criminals. The apostles said they already had two. He said that's enough. He never told them, go get your swords. When Romans come to arrest, uh, arrest him, Jesus forbids the self-defense. He basically tells them to throw the swords down. So the swords were just for play. It wasn't like, get your Uzi. That's what Je- Jesus wanted you to get your bazooka out. You Christian right wing, your churches on the Christian right wing side, they've got to be a freaking hoot, man. (laughs) Oh, they have got to be. You guys, you know, that Bible, I I know this is, you might want to read it. I, I just, I mean, you know, you guys talk so authoritatively about it. I mean, it might be nice to know exactly what's inside of it. 952 946 6205. Brett, do you remember years ago? I took the kids, we went out to DC and we went down to South Carolina. Remember, I did that road trip and I came back and talked about it? You, oh, yeah. Were you here for that? Yep. And we went, uh, I went into Indiana. And of course, there so you go, we will, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and then across into Indiana. And I noticed Indiana, which is a very Republican state that the the signs, like for construction zones, changed very dramatically. And it was, you know, beforehand, it's like construction zone, speed limits apply, please drive safe. That's what you'd see in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. But when you got into Indiana, the signs were, much more in the vein of "You will be caught. You will be hunted down. We will find you. We will arrest you. We will take your car. We will put you in jail. We will find you." And my my wife, as we go past these, says, "Welcome to Indiana." And I thought <laughs> that, that was one of the better jokes I heard in a while. Uh, yeah, welcome to Indiana, indeed. But that is it, and that's something you saw played out in all the conservative states. No matter what conservative state I went to, if you were there, the tone that the conservative Republican government talks to the people is, is we will punish you. We will punish you. That's kind of their tone. Thank God I don't live in a jackass state like that. I I, I don't, I don't think I would like that that much. This, this constantly dangling of threats over people. But I said at that time. That's kind of what Republicans are becoming. It's this, we've got to threaten people. We've got to threaten people because that's how Republicans think. I'm bringing all this up because there was a lesser story today, which is going to get ignored now, but I want to bring this up because if you want to understand the problem the Republicans are in, it's this punishment thing. It's that they think this is how you lead and this is how you govern. So after the third vote fails, the eight idiots – well, seven of the idiots. One of them didn't sign on to this. The eight idiots that got rid of Kevin McCarthy basically realize they're in trouble because they're great, really, really white, like sheet-wearing white, Hope in Jim Jordan – is not going to become the Speaker of the House. I don't know if he wears sheets. I don't. I have no idea what he does. I know he ignores the 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 pleas of his his student athletes as they get abused. But I mean, <laughs> he calls calls ten year old rape victims liars. But you know, I don't know what else he does. I mean, he does seriously have a look to him, though. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: Oh yeah, he he yeah
0: yeah you know, yeah. You know, Gene Hackman was rounding those guys up in Mississippi, burning. You know what I mean? Yeah. House Republicans, who voted to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker, now say they are willing to accept punishment, including censure, suspension, or removal from the GOP conference itself if Republican holdouts opposed to Jim Jordan flipped and voted for him to become Speaker. Okay, I want us to stop there. The eight idiots, or seven idiots, because Ken Buck did not sign on to this. But these, these seven idiots that basically were responsible for Kevin McCarthy losing the speakership realize they have thrown their entire party into chaos, that nothing can get done. They look like incompetent boobs. But as opposed to say, you know what, bring Kevin McCarthy back up for another vote. We'll vote for him. We'll keep him as speaker. We'll learn our lesson. We'll move on from here. Nope. Their whole thing is you just have to change your vote. Change your vote and vote for Jim Jordan, and then you can punish us all day long. Punish us. By the way, this is one of the reasons why Republicans, a lot of these guys are freaks. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're real freaky. This whole punish, you can punish me. Punish me hard. <laughs> Matt Gaetz, ew, Uh. says, we have made them an offer... The eight of us have asked said that we are willing to accept censure, sanction, suspension removal from the Republican Conference, the leader of the effort that successfully ousted McCarthy said on the steps of Capitol Hill. Um, but if these holdouts need is a pound of our flesh, well we're willing to give it to them ugh, in order to see them elect Jim Jordan as speaker speaking of pound of flesh. Kate uh, declare <laughs> with some wispy hair on top of it, Yikes. He added, for those who are holding out, we would simply ask that you do what you want other than for us to suffer some consequences, which we already stand ready to endure. So once again, you you seven idiots, you seven morons could just say, hey, you know what? Bring Kevin McCarthy back up. We'll endorse him. He can be speaker again. We're done with it. Instead, you've got to vote for Jim Jordan, but then you can do anything to me you like. We can be like Lauren barber at a Beetlejuice show. Oh, oh, clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. Uh, I don't think that's actually a song from Beetlejuice. I'm not sure.
1: She might have seen some off-brand version of Beetlejuice yeah, what was going <laughs> on. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, yeah, so could be, maybe, are, are we sure? She didn't think she was going to, like, Beetlejuice, which was the porn version of it. And, um, yeah, maybe she did. But, you know, I mean, hey, I saw what she was doing to her partner there, and she can keep a beat. You know what I mean? She just ding, 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 ding. ding. Charlie Watts only wishes he could keep up with that. I digress. Well, not really. They're they've this. I want to start. Off, this has been their month. It starts with Lauren Boebert, you know, punching the clown at a Beetlejuice show and vaping and making a mess. And here we are now. Anyway, so Matt Gates and the rest of these clowns are basically saying, "Hey, if you elect Jordan, you can punish us." calling Jordan an inspirational ah, Republican candidate for House Speaker. Gates, who has indicated he wants to run for governor of Florida, <laughs> that will flip it back to the Dems, did some campaigning in the Capitol steps. I think the world was on fire when America set a top $33 trillion debt with no plan to reduce the spending. I think the world was on fire as we watched the dollars just continue to slip away and the status of global reserve currency. Well, why don't you just undo the Trump-era tax cuts? I mean, that will, that will help out a lot of things there. In a Friday Dear Colleague letter, the far-right Republicans affirm they stand by their actions, but acknowledge their motion to vacate the speaker has caused rancor, hurt feelings, and acrimony in the House Republican conference. It's been suggested the conference cannot move forward until there are consequences for each of us, and that some of the conference wish to punish us. Punish us! They write, if the holdouts who refused to vote for Speaker Designate Jordan, would be willing to vote with the team and elect him as the 56th House Speaker. We are prepared to accept censure, suspension, and removal from the conference to accomplish this objective. The letter, the letter includes the following names, Andy Biggs, Ken Buck, Tim Burchett, Ellie Crane, Matt Gates, Bob Good, Nancy Mace, and Matt Rosendale. But the U.S. Representative Ken Buck, who is opposed to Jordan, quickly responded saying he did not agree with us and he did not add his name the dispatch, Mike Warren reports, just ask Ken Buck what he, why he's on this letter. He says, I'm not, he said. Meanwhile, CNN's Melanie Zanona observed they are basically offering themselves as tribute in a last attempt to help Jordan. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Well, here's the deal. We have to understand that this is this punishment, whether they're trying to Punish someone else or you can punish me. This is the Republicans. I mean, Donald Trump got spanked by Stormy Daniels by a magazine with his with his face on the cover. Yeah, this is who they are now. Yeah. And if you think so, I mean, what what is the entire Republican narrative? We're gonna go to Washington, DC, and punish those Dems. We're gonna punish them. We're gonna make them, we're gonna, we're gonna make them. Eat it. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make them eat it. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. They're, a, they're a, six year, a sixth grade bully on the playground. That's who they are. This is who they are. Send us to Washington, D.C. We'll, we'll punish them. Kevin McCarthy's not doing what we want. We're going to punish him. We like Jim Jordan. Why? Because he's going to get rid of Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. He's going to punish America. Oh, you didn't vote for Jim Jordan? Well, we're going to call you and your wife and punish you. Vote for him, and then you can punish us. I'm not crazy here, man. This is who these people are. This is who they are. They feel as if this projects strength and integrity, and all it is is a sixth-grade bully on the playground. And just like a sixth grade bully on the playground, when they finally get in charge of something, they're an absolute cluster because they don't know what the heck they're doing. That is who they are. Punish. That's all they are. Democrats, the DFL in this state, this last session, delivered, for God's sakes, we have a $2 billion budget surplus again. Again, after every Republican came out there and said, we're going to be running the red. We're going to have nobody. money. The state's going to be bankrupt thanks to these liberal spending Democrats. Oh, we got a budget surplus again? Oh, okay. Hey, by the way, uh, you're not going to be able to spend it. The Democrats will still be in charge for another year. I know. But this is who you guys are. Punish them. Punish them. Punish them. And you think this is integrity. This is, this is bare bones, evil inner psyche id crap. That's all this is. I'm sorry your dad didn't love you. I'm sorry your mom didn't hug you, but this is who you guys are. And you're, you're, you're desperately determined to go out and punish anyone else. And whether it's a high school down South of us, we're basically sending out a bunch of people to go get the black people and the gay people and punish them. Or you standing up and saying, I don't know why you're holding them accountable with this new woke mentality because you don't want to see your guys punished. So you consider yourself being punished because you're being held accountable. Your entire filter is punished. And by the way, and I'm going to say this hands down, this is why you guys have so many weird sexual deviant freaks within your ranks. I'm just going to be honest with you. You got some serious psychological issues because normal people don't wake up every freaking day and say, how can I punish my enemies? Oh, oh, I need you to to side with me. Well, you can punish me if you do. You're sick, twisted people, man. You're sick, twisted people. Good luck with that. Go, Democrats. Hold on, Julie. Hold on, Dave. I'll get your calls here after the break. 952 946 6205. 952 946 6205.
1: I'm lying. I'm down, man. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. You're just another recovering
0: heart. We're going to punish you. We're going to punish them. You can punish me. Oh, I do have a funny story about a Republican. I can't. I'm not going to get into it now. But yeah, that, they 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 are. Ugh. Julie has been holding for a while. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Julie in Minneapolis. Thanks for holding. Welcome on in. Hi. Well, now do you have the energy for a soliloquy? Sure, by all means. Oh, okay. I heard. I think I might have been NPR. I heard a couple of hours ago. It sounds like Jim Dor. It sounds like he's gone down for the count. Yes, it really does. It does. And they announced that uh, Tom Emmer is uh, calling, making his phone calls, making his phone calls. So my question to you is, what do you think the actual chances are of Emmer becoming speaker? Zero. I honestly, really? think, I, I, I think he's got, I, I think, uh, Julie, I, yeah, I, no, I honestly do. Thanks, Julie. I appreciate the phone call here. Um, I don't I think the only the, there is only two paths forward at this point. One, get these seven clown cars that voted against McCarthy to realize the mistake they made, get them in line, understand it's going to make McCarthy far more powerful for them, but that's what you do. And get McCarthy back in there. Or work with the Democrats in some capacity, whether that's to get McHenry in there, which they seem to be against, or Maybe we are going to look at twenty or so Republicans who basically say, "I'd rather have someone in charge than no one in charge," so I'll vote for Hakeem Jeffries, or I will vote not present, which will then, or, or or I won't show up for the vote, which will then change the dynamics of the vote itself, and then all of a sudden he gets just a majority of the amount of people that are there voting, and he becomes speaker. I I I honestly think those are the only two outs, unless something like John Boehner. I don't think Newt Gingrich would be welcome back. I, but if John Boehner came back or um, who's uh, Paul Ryan, if one of those guys came back and said, you can I'm just nominate me for the speaker, I'll take it over, I think the Republicans would quickly jump at that. But I mean, those are the, only the handful of answers you have. No one, if Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan can't get the numbers— if McCarthy can't get the numbers, and we should be reminded, McCarthy was far closer than Scalise or, or Jordan. If, if, if you can't get one of those three in there, who else are you going to get?
1: I got one name, which
0: I don't mean jokingly. Trump huh? himself. Well, they, the Republicans – well, first of all, no, I don't think that would happen for this reason. I think the too many moderate, moderate Republicans would like this would be – and this is the ending of my career. I'll be done because too many, especially in any, you know, Democrat, any Biden district or even I'd say plus two, plus three Republican district, that's, that's a death nail. And so there's just no way Trump will get in there. And the reality is, as I think we all see through it, the only reason you'd be doing that is to try to get Trump from having to go to court. And that, that's that. Uh, Dynamo Dave is in Duluth. Welcome on in, Dave. Hey, thanks for taking my call, miraculous Matt. One thing, you know, you, you got this, you know, big elephant in the room that's a that's really affecting the Republican Party. You know, they say that the the tail can sometimes wag the uh, dog. In this case, uh, Trump is like a parasite, like a wood tick. It's grown so big that it's like that wood tick is wagging the whole Republican politic, and that's too
1: painful, they'd rather have the painful of pain of having that guy than getting rid of him out of the party, and they could get rid of him by having their operatives in their Republican states
0: get him so he's not on a ballot based on what the twenty fourth amendment or whatever it is, so that then he's not even uh, eligible to be president well and but there you know, and dave if I, if I can step on in here the the problem with that plan is. The reason why the psychopaths have taken over the party, and and we saw it here. (laughs) Uh, The crockpot, Kim Crockett was your secretary of state nominee. Do we need to go through her background? Do we need to talk about the video she showed at the GOP convention, which received applause? Uh, Ron Paul, not Rand Paul, Ron Paul, his dad. Realized the weakness of the Republican Party was in the state primaries and caucuses and that if you put a bunch of psychopathic right-wing loon balls in there that were made libertarians look like liberals, they basically could could take over that party. And they did. And by the time the rest of the Republicans realized what was going on, the, the, the party itself had been, the, the inner structure of it had been taken over by people who basically just want to punish people. And that's who they are. And the reality is, is if you dare try to stop this, my only thought for the Republicans is how long does it take for you guys to abandon and start a new party if you're a moderate? That's, that's what I think. Hour two, that's up next. <laughs> Hour number two of the show here on your Friday. Matt and Brett. You know, we got some dancing coming up. It's Friday. Looking forward to that so uh, I have been informed that the name of the picture I use as my avatar on my social media, which is of course the Patterson film of Sasquatch that is that is today's is the anniversary it's 56 years old today so it's a year and it's one day less than a year older than me, taken apparently in the Six Rivers Park in California of Squatch going for a stroll. You know, I just, you know, just, you know, for God's sakes, I'm running late. You know, <laughs> no mushrooms over there. I guess I'll have to go over to the other bluff and find the mushrooms. Because yeah, I know when I go home, if I don't have the mushrooms, guess who's going to be angry at me? You know, it's, <laughs>
1: that's what my Sasquatch lives a very domesticated you know, it life. It does. You know, It just, it's, it's, it's a squatch.
0: You know, you got to do what you can do. You love her. You know, it's, it's, it's the relationship you want. Um, I was going to have our good friend, uh, Greg Bakken from Ghost Box Radio on today. Unfortunately, he was feeling a little ill today, so we will not have him on because we have another sighting. Another sighting. I don't know why I sounded like Casey Kasem. It's a long distance dedication from Og the Sasquatch who looms the Colorado hillside. Could you play as Chris DeBerg for me? <laughs> I don't. I didn't know Sasquatches liked Lady in Red, but sure, why not? <laughs> oh, don't pay the ferryman. If you're gonna go with Chris Berg's song, go with "Don't Pay the Ferryman." That's a great one. Go, go with that one. Stetson Parker really and his wife Shannon recently took a trip through Colorado to celebrate their 10th anniversary. I we, we went. I went last year, my 25th wedding anniversary. I went over to Colorado. Lovely place. They boarded the Durango and Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad, a vintage train that provides historic and entertaining rides, according to the website. Sounds interesting. What the park saw and the last car of the train wasn't advertised online, Lauren Boebert and her partner were going—no, it is Colorado, but no, that was, that, was, that was something different. No, it wasn't Lauren Boebert. The couple believe they spotted the most elusive creature, a Bigfoot. Uh, Yes, you read that correctly. Bigfoot, also known as the Squatch or Yeti, Uh, the mythical ape-like giant creature, maybe wanders North America, who according to some definitely exists and who according to most everyone else definitely does not exist. The most recent spotting captured in a widely shared video from that train in Colorado adds to the growing catalog of sightings that we have kept in 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 the myth alive amidst the lack of what some people called verifiable proof. I'm definitely a believer now, Mr. Parker33 said. Video which is taken by a fellow passenger and posted online by Mr. Parker shows a tall, brownish creature walking and squatting. Oh, come on, man. Can't you give him some privacy? Give the Squatch some privacy. It's a Squatch Squat. squat. You, you, can't, you can't interrupt him in the Squatch Squat. Come on, man. Those no, mushrooms, was- they go right through you. You know, You got to be careful with those. Um, he was, uh, walking and squatting before it blends into the surroundings. The footage is zoomed in, making it for a grainy video. Of course. Uh, to him, Mr. Barker said the creature didn't look like a human. Uh, I didn't move like a person. He said it moved like an ape, but didn't walk like an ape so much. He added that the creature's arms seemed too long to be human hands reaching down to its knees i got some guys I can introduce you to. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're very, you know, I don't think the genetic tree is too far branched from the initial sapling. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it didn't look like anything I've ever seen before, Mr. Parker said. I don't think it was a hoax. And if it was, it was a really good one. Other possible explanations emerged as the video drew the attention of media around the world. Maybe it was a bear or the most common one. Maybe it was a man wearing a suit, a camouflage clothing that helps outdoorsmen disappear into the background. But why, Mister Parker asked, would anyone be in a suit in the middle of an elk uh, in the middle of elk hunting season? That's a surefire way for a hunter to get shot, and it wasn't holding a weapon. Uh, apparently, on this story, there is another thing. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that there is still way too much territory for me to to say one way or another whether or not there might be creatures out there. There just was a story. Uh, apparently, there is a. Uh, You know, one of the lizards that's in the dragon category, they just found a brand new one. Not a small thing either. Living on the top of a mountain. No one apparently is like they they didn't realize it was was there. And all of a sudden, now they have a new species up there. So, I mean, the realm of this being a possibility is the case. One of the things I have heard is this train was going through a spot which I guess the land is owned by a Sasquatch enthusiast who does Sasquatch tours and stuff like that, and has been known to put on a Sasquatch outfit and squat. I And he squats too? You know, that's how you get that nice caboose. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you really want the the, 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 the TikTok, you know, behind, you gotta do the squats. I mean, that's any squatch will tell you that. This show just went off the rails. Any squash. Any, any squash. <laughs> that's well, is the squash squatting because he had too much squash? I don't know. I don't know. These are the questions that only get asked here at this radio show. But apparently, um, yeah, he was squatting. And I don't know if that's what he does for a living, but apparently there's a legit chance that this could be the guy who's there. Now, that being said, can't say for sure, grady footage, of course heaven forbid. I mean, I just took 400 freaking photos of pumpkins out at the Minnesota Zoo in the middle of the freaking night, all of them pretty good v- clarification, you know, not not exactly blurry. The minute all of a sudden the UFO, the the Sasquatch, the ghost comes on
1: out, I was like, "My phone got blurry."
0: Yeah, okay,
1: great. That's what I love when he said, "Of course the photo was blurry too that yeah. they took of this guy." Yeah. Yeah. Why why, why
0: why wouldn't you just get, you know, you know, just you know, go get like a, a really close-up picture. Well, I guess, I mean, I can understand the Squatch is just not sitting there squatting right next to the train, you know,
1: privacy. If there's Sasquatch, I'm going to use uh, for my picture either the iPhone or my 2006 flip phone. You got to go with the the 06 flip phone. <laughs> I that. got one of those
0: disc cameras from 1984 that had the disc film in it. Yeah, this thing's going to really capture everything. Like, It's a 1979 Polaroid that it's well there's humans in this, you say? Okay. <laughs> how many how many years do I have to wait for it to develop? Okay, eight? Nine? Okay. Still is pretty pretty pale. Anyway, I you know the one thing I like about Bakken is that if there's something that has a viable excuse, he's like, "I'm," you know. As a matter of fact, I think that Greg gets kind of mad at guys like this. If this is true, this is a guy who's just out there doing it, dude. What are you doing? You know, you're actually you're doing more damage than you are good to this idea of of the squatch. But he is. In case you have not noticed, it is October, and I want to make sure we mention uh, that Bakken is. I have not been invited to this. Because I think there's too much fear. I would say something like "zoinks" or "ghost," you know, something like. That. This is why Greg doesn't invite me to these things. I just, I just zoinks, you know. <laughs> so should Scoob and I go downstairs and check out the basement? <laughs> Matt, you're not welcome. Uh, he is going to be doing something very cool for Halloween. Uh, He's going to
1: be there. There's an old building in Stillwater. Do you know in the, what building it is in Stillwater? Uh, I know he's referenced it many times, and I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Unfortunately, is it the Applebee's? I don't, <laughs> I
0: think,
1: <laughs> I don't think it's the Applebee's. Uh, he's got.
0: He's got. There's an old historic building in Stillwater. On Halloween, this is this is so freaking cool. I'm loving. He's doing this on Halloween night. He is going to be live from eight until eleven at this this place. Show is part interview, part part paranormal investigation, live on the air. You can watch it on Facebook live stream. There'll be a team of people investigating. I am not invited. I I, I would probably get my minivan painted to look like the mystery machine if, 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 if it was. Oh, if, you'd have to, yeah. I'd have to. <laughs> Bring your dog with you, too, and yeah. Oh, There's... the Sheltie wouldn't go in there. She's smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's smart enough not to go in there. Uh, you, basically, you can listen to it or watch it on the Facebook thing. They're going to be doing that. Um. Can I just say, you know, I wouldn't mind going, but, dude, I don't, you know, I'll let you guys go find the ghost. okay? I'll be at the Stillwater Applebee's giving you an update there. Is that a ghost? No, it's another platter of cheese sticks. All right. Back to you, Greg. (laughs) This is why I don't get invited to any of the haunting investigations. This, this right here, this whole thing. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Can we take? Let's take an early break because I gotta come back because apparently I am a genius. I called it yesterday. It's time for the U.S. gymnastics team flip of the day. <laughs> we'll talk about cheese bro. Uh, when we do recurrent. It is the Matt McNeil show right here on AM950. <laughs> So yeah, once again, Bakken, Halloween night, eight to eleven, live right here on AM nine fifty. Hope they make it back. You know. Uh you know, just because we got that's a ten o'clock, that ten o'clock hour. I don't I don't wanna put anything else in there. You gotta you gotta come back on that. that's a Tuesday night, man. You gotta be here on Wednesday, November first. All right, just gonna let you know. Squatch or no. No squatting squatches either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, they get that bulbous caboose. You know what I'm talking about? They do the squats enough, you know. It's, it's, it's really kind of a regiment thing. That's how you get the looks, man. That's to get the likes on the social media. And I, and I know all about that. Wink. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. All right. Yesterday, after uh, Sidney Powell flipped, I said to myself, okay, cheese bra. Now I understand it's chess bro. Chesbro is the name of the guy, but Cheesebro is such a better name, and it really is. so. And we all know who Cheesebro is, so Cheesebro, Kenneth Cheesebro, Chesbro. <sighs> Kenneth Cheesebro, the attorney who helped former President Donald Trump contest the results of the 2020 election, is pleading guilty in the state of Georgia, spotting election meddling case. The plea entered Friday as a victory for Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Wills, who charged Trump and 18 others in August, cheese, pleaded guilty to one felony account of conspiracy to file a false documents, making him the second defendant in the case to strike a plea deal in the past two days. I want to make sure we understand something. This is the second close Trump attorney who is now pleading guilty and admitting they tried to overthrow the legitimate election of Joe Biden in 2020. And is willing to testify when Sidney Powell pled yesterday. I said this, and I, I mean this is not grand insight. I mean, I think most legal people said the same thing. It all of a sudden put you know because reminder this was this was Sidney Powell and Cheesebro basically tried their best to put the 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 uh, Fannie Willis's investigation on speed drive uh, on, on hyperspeed, and they, they so they wanted a quick trial. And the the whole argument was maybe they won't be ready for trial when we want to go to trial and so we can take advantage of them. The fact that Fannie Willis came back and got Sidney Powell to flip on Wednesday, which was huge, which was huge, it put the tick tock goes the clock on cheese bro. Because do you really want to go to trial where the first witness to testify against you is a co-conspirator who's basically going to admit, yep, I pled guilty, I'm guilty of this, they were guilty too. This is why RICO cases work, is because you get people to flip. And the reality is, is that Donald Trump is guilty. The whole crew is guilty. They all know it. And right now, every one of these people outside of Trump is sitting there saying, do I want to be the fall guy for Donald Trump? Because whoever doesn't take a plea deal, whoever doesn't take one, well, Donald's going to look at him and say, It was all him. It was all him. Said, it was all Mark Meadows. And just pulling one of the clowns from the, cr- the clown car. It was Mark Meadows. It was all him. I didn't do anything. I was, I was sitting there playing with the ketchup. He told me everything to do. And he'll take, this, the, he'll take that defense. He'll say, I'm just a simpleton. I don't, I don't know. I eat paste. And he'll say this because this is his only out. He's the real brains of the operation. I was, just, I was just eating paste and having my chicken nuggets and a bucket of chicken. And, and all of a sudden, he said, we're going to go do this. And I said, I don't know what words mean. Words? What are words? I don't know. So Cheesebro has now flipped. He's agreed to cooperate and testify against other defendants. <laughs> it's, that's, I don't think he's going to be on Donald Trump's Christmas card list. And turn over any outstanding emails and text messages related to the case. You are to testify truthfully in any other proceedings in this case against any and all co-defendants, said Judge Scott McAfee, McAfee, told Cheesebro, who lives in Puerto Rico, during the hearing. Cheesebro also agreed to serve five years probation, pay $5,000 in restitution to the state of Georgia, write an apology letter, and serve 100 hours of community service. The judge instructed him not to talk to the media or any co-defendants in the case oh God delicious delicious cheese bro not cheese bro cheese bro it sounds you know really like like a Wisconsin side dish Ugh. just you went wrong with it man
1: <laughs> get a cheese bro on the side when you go to uh, Applebee's yeah' cheese bro yeah <laughs> that steak sandwich comes with a cheese bro on the
0: side which is our cheese wrapped in Ranch sauce and beer sauce and dipped and deep fried and served with horseradish sauce on the side. Ugh. God. Man, it makes me want to have a Arby's. <laughs> Cheese Cheesebro submitted the plea as the jury selection of his trial was beginning. <laughs> Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. Time, 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 time. Where, where do I need to sign? Right here? Here mind. Where's the signature? Next to the X. Okay, done. Stop. He originally entered a not guilty plea last month. And reminder: even if a judge now decides to say, "Okay, fine, you don't have to be tried in Georgia," these people are all going to be—they got plea deals—and they're all going to be testifying against you. So, good luck with that, Mark Meadows. Um, he originally entered a not guilty plea last month. His lawyers denouncing what they called attempts by the state to incorrectly paint Mr. Cheesebro as the alleged architect of the Trump election scheme. Well, I don't think they were painting too hard. Several investigations, including an extensive probe by the House of Representatives, January 6th committee, have pinpointed Cheesebro as the brains behind the Trump campaign's fake elector plan, which attempted to swap out legitimate electoral certificates in Georgia and six other states, won by President Joe Biden, replaced them with fraudulent ones declaring Trump the winner. The effort crumbled when former Vice President Mike Pence refused to go along with it. On Thursday, another defendant, former Trump attorney Sidney Powell, accepted a plea deal. That meant she would be cooperating with the prosecutors investigating that group. Cheesebro is going to be interesting because at some point, he is going to probably take the stand against someone. Because I guarantee you one or two of these idiots are going to insist, I'm never going to flip on Donald. I'm never going to flip on Donald. And so they'll go to trial, and all of a sudden, there's going to be there. What's going to be interesting is whereas— In Michigan and in Georgia and to a point in Arizona, there has been efforts to punish these fake electors that were there. Wisconsin hasn't. Because of the Republican leadership in the state, they have basically been able to run cover and insist there can't be any prosecution of the fake electors there. What happens when Cheese Bro comes on out and admits, oh, yeah, by the way, the Wisconsin guys, they, they were all in on it, too. They knew that they were trying to overthrow the government. They knew that they were all doing this. Wisconsin said, shh, don't tell anyone. And so, oopsie, you all know now. So what's going to happen there is that is – is is well, no, what will happen is Voss and the rest of the Republican cowards in Wisconsin, and you are. You're all just a bunch of freaking cowards. All the records in Wisconsin will basically go into a private room and say, we're not going to say anything at all. We're just going to try to fix the Supreme Court so they find it on our behalf. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Jeff is in Cambridge. He's kind enough to hold. Welcome on in, Jeff.
1: Uh,
0: Yeah, so just a couple things. With these two flips, Trump will probably, if he goes to prison, he'll be in prison without cheese and cracking. Nicely done, nicely done, nicely done. And the second one is, um, I'm expecting after these two flips, next week, I think we're going to start a bunch of dominoes falling and Jack and pizza. I think the, with what is it now? 17 other defendants, mm-hmm. maybe just have to look at the writing on the wall and try to get the best deal they can. Well, no, I, you know, I, and, and Jeff, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and thank you very much. I appreciate the joke at the beginning of that. That was actually pretty good. Um, but uh the the you know i it, it it's i and then thanks Brett, uh, thank you very much um but you know i I think that the when you look at what's happening, I mean, this is why Rico cases are kind of devastating if you actually have the evidence that can kind of link everyone to everyone, Sidney Powell directly implicates Cheesebro bro. In directly implicates all the people in Georgia that were, especially that one county where she's marching them on in, you know, they don't, I mean, and you see, is you can kind of consume each other by coming at them from the bottom of the, the conspiracy and the top of the conspiracy with Powell and cheese, bro. You have the top of the conspiracy coming down. They've already I think they had one of the guys that was there to do the investigation of the voting machine who's very quickly said i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna plead out I think one of them did if I'm not mistaken and he basically was like, yeah I was told to come in here. I didn't think this was a bad deal. I didn't know I was doing anything wrong and so and that might that might not be one of the conspirators conspirators in the case, but it was someone related to the case needless to say I, I think that when you get it from both sides is that they were told what to do. And then here they are giving the orders of what they were told what to do to the other people. There is no defense for it. And they're all going to go to jail. The whole goal of this is to get Donald Trump and Mark Meadows for that matter. And I don't blame the state of Georgia for doing so because they're frauds and they try to overturn the legitimate election of Joe Biden in Georgia, not because they were, you know not because they had won but because they just were sore losers so at the end of the day i just i have to look at this and i and i have to say that i i don't see how at least 12 of these guys haven't flipped by probably thanksgiving i i don't see how at least 12 of them and then all of a sudden this case becomes very difficult for Donald Trump, then the only thing he can hope for is the Supreme Court inserting themselves in there and saying no. But I got to be honest with you. I understand he put uh, Republicans on that court, whereas Alito and Thomas, and I think to a point Gorsuch, don't mind looking like the stooge. I don't think Barrett, I don't think um, Beer, and I don't think uh, you know Roberts like looking like they are basically running cover and interference there. And so my gut feeling is going to be that they are going to indeed definitively, um, you know, say no. I mean, you have to, you know, you're not above the law. And, it, and I, and I got to tell you the truth. I don't think, I mean, there's a legitimate chance. I don't think Gorsuch would go along with it. Maybe he would. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I won't be. I'll guarantee you I'll be wrong again. We'll have to see. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. 952 946 6205. 952 946 6205. I think we'll call this segment Try That in a Small Town. Oh, they did and they got away with it? Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, once again, hey, before you get mad at me, it's not my false narrative. It's yours. I just do what I do best, which is call out your absolute lies and hypocrisy. You're welcome. Try that in a small town. As the one comedian said, well, what, try to find a good piece of pizza in a small town? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I said, these the same people that just, you know, we got to punish you. We'll punish you. We'll, we got our guns. We're going to punish you. We're going to punish, punish you. Yeah, that's on you, dude. You guys need some counseling. I mean, seriously. Let's start off in Donnelly. Uh, the October seventh meeting of the Donnelly City Council, Stevens County Times reporter, Katie Erdman, requested that someone present at future city council meetings start a recorder provided by the newspaper when she cannot be present for the meeting. All right. Doesn't I have you ever have you ever done small town radio and had to do the city council and the county council? Yes, I have, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh God, is there I used to I had a news guy, Trent Rice, down in in Ames when I was down there, and he'd have to do Ames City Council and like Nevada City Council and stuff like this, and he'd sometimes just come on and he's like, not because it was, it was just you know four hours of, well, maybe we should rake the leaves to the right side of the yard. So, you know, like <laughs> God just kill me, it is, it's stuff like that. I mean, it's the cheese making. You know, or not cheese making. You know, I was thinking of cheese bro. It's the sausage making of politics. I mean, it's, it's the stuff that, you know, no one really is going to get too upset about. But it has to be done. And so it's local politics. It's there. And these guys have to go, these, these local journalists have to go sit there and do this. The reporter would then use the recording to write stories about the actions of the council. Many small town city councils, school boards, county boards record their meetings on their own. Very common, especially with the lack of media. You, you don't have nearly the reporters in small towns and at these newspapers as you used to have. Most of them used to have four or five. Now they've got one. Maybe that's the the guy that's doing the the, the chief editor too. Some schools, cities, school boards, and counties stream their meetings live on the Internet for citizens to watch. They also post the videos on their website so that citizens can watch past meetings. All right. Because the Donnelly City Council meets at 4 p.m. the first Saturday of the month. That's an odd time. It is not always possible for a reporter to cover that in person. The request for someone to assist in the recording the Donnelly Council meetings was denied. It has also declined to assist with recording meetings in September. September 13th, Stevens County Times co-publisher and managing editor Reed Anfinson wrote Ennin an email about Urban's request for assistance recording the Donnelly City Council meetings. Our reporter for the Donnelly City Council meetings can't always be there at the times you meet and would like to have our meetings recorded, he wrote. I understand you are under no obligation to record the meetings. However, the law is clear that citizens and the press representing those citizens have the right to record them. Erdman said she was also told earlier that she couldn't stop and record the council meetings or have someone else record them. So you guys are idiots. You don't know the rules that media can record this stuff. That's what happens. Under state statute chapter 13D, everyone has the right to attend most government-sponsored meetings in Minnesota. Additionally, the U.S. Constitution and other statutes guarantee journalists' rights to document and broadcast what they see there, whereas via photo, videos, or audio recordings, Anfinson told the Donnelly Council in the email. Anfinson also said a citizens of Donnelly are best served by the news that Donnelly City Council does at its meetings as is reported, which I think we all can agree this is looking out for what's best for the city of Donnelly. Most public bodies record their meetings to make recordings available to citizens. It would serve your constituents best in the community if the city recorded its meetings, but if it doesn't, then we will exercise our right to do it. However, at the October 7th Donnelly Council meeting, Mayor Dale Ennen said that the only recording of the meetings the residents of Donnelly need to see are the ones the city puts up on the city post office. Those mitten and those notes are mittens are written by the clerk and posted after approved by the council a month later. Erdman pointed out that those minutes are the ones legally required by state law and do not include the discussions that are the basis for the decisions the council makes, which is true. I mean, it's just there is state law here and they're basically saying they this, this Donnelly City Council is basically saying we don't want people seeing what we do. She also told the council members that the Times is attempting to cover more of the meetings in the small towns in the county in order to keep the public informed on what's happening in the city. As Urban presented her case to the council to assist the recording of the messages, council member Jacob Eistad, (laughs) E-Y-S-T-A-D, raised his voice and used, well, I'll tell you what. Let me just, we're talking about, I mean, as you say to yourself, Matt, this sounds fairly boring and repetitive. Welcome to city council meetings. County county council meetings, you know, you, know, you know, it's, this is what they are. This is, it's not supposed to be anything troublesome. It's not supposed to be anything bad. You'd say to yourself, okay, so they don't want to start the recording. Okay, fine. You know, they, they don't want to, they don't want to, but, you know, they can't sit there and say no one else can record it. That's clearly they can't do that. So here is the reporter making the case, could you please do this? I want to be able to write stories that people can see. That's when Jacob Eistat, who sounds like one of the – he sounds like a real loser. I mean, this guy, I don't – I mean, I I have questions on whether his parents loved him. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Because here's here's what crybaby, McCrypants here said – why don't you blanking go to the cities and blanking interview the legislature to find out, well, we can't blanking get funds to put a sewer system in the town, he yelled at her. <laughs> um... Maybe the reason why you don't have a sewer system is because you've got a potty mouth. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Maybe, is that how you made your request for the sewer system? Because I can't believe many legislators would be like, oh, well, we got to help out the city of Donnelly. Look, he's swearing at us because it sounds like you're kind of a jerk, man. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, nice passive-aggressive. We need the city, the, the metro counties in the city to help pay for our sewer system. But you clearly resent the crap out of that. Why aren't you doing this for us? Well, because many you're just a bunch of jackasses. I mean, I, I don't, hey, I all believe in, in helping out small towns. I mean, that's what we do. As much as you sit there and say, they're taking all of our taxpayer money. Most of you rural counties are subsidized by the seven or eight metro area counties. You're welcome. You are welcome. We're more than happy to do it. One state together. Boom, 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 boom. You guys, on the other hand, like to put yourselves as these victims. So I'm just going to take a a large, you know, shot in the dark here that the reason why you don't have a sewer system is because you're kind of jerks because a lot of people want to help you, but maybe you're just, you know, Jacob, maybe you shouldn't be yelling at people because of your failures. And maybe, just maybe, if you need a sewer system, why don't you ask nicely, you jerk, Anyway, Erdman, keeping her cool, told him it was not her duty to report on the actions of the state legislature. Here she is covering a city council meeting. When Eystead again began using profanity, Erdman said she left the meeting. I stood up, said, I don't need to listen to this, and I walked out. She said, however, when I go back to my car, I thought, if I leave, they win. This is what we wanted to do, so I went back and sat down took notes in the meeting. At this point, Erdman began recording the meeting on her phone at the end of the meeting, Urban said that Mayor Ennin turned to her and said that to answer my question that they would not help with recording the meeting and when I'm not present. I can imagine so. I mean, my God, that's like an X rated meeting, man. You guys are swearing all the time. What's wrong with you guys in Donnelly? Sounds like you're really not very Christian out there. I'm just saying, <laughs> sweary, mixed sweary pants. It just sounds like it. But he didn't leave it there, by the way. Urban said he began attacking her writing abilities. She left the meeting rather than continue to listen to his criticisms. God, you guys sound man. The repression on the Donnelly City Council is palatable. Urban told the council she would let the Stevens County Times Co. publisher and managing editor Reed Anfinson know about his treatment of her and his decision to insist on recording its meetings. Enter told her, "Good. I'd love to talk to him about some things that uh, uh, some of the things he's written too." Me. I added the at the end. Urban told the Times that after the treatment she received from the Donnelly City Council, she will no longer be covering its meetings. The Times will be looking for another reporter for the meetings or someone who is willing to attend the meetings and record them. In an advertisement placed in the Stevens County Times this week, the City of Donnelly stated, official proceedings of Donnelly City Council approved meetings minutes are posted at Donnelly Post Office. and If not approved by the Donnelly City Council, then it's not official minutes or views of Donnelly. So they're basically trying to Basically say, no one can come in and record us. Saturday at 4, you say, on the first Saturday of the month? Sounds like everyone should head to the city of Donnelly with a tape recorder. We all have them. They're all on these phones. And I think everyone should be paying attention to what's going on in Donnelly. Um, You guys... Okay, first of all, stop voting for Republicans because they're not helping you. I mean, clearly, if you need a sewer system. Second of all, stop swearing so much, you jerks. I mean, seriously, what's wrong with you? It's probably a it's probably your upbringing. I'm just going to say it's probably you were raised wrong. You know, try that in a small town. (laughs) jackasses. Anyway, and then maybe you shouldn't be taking out your personal aggressions on. I don't know. The reporter whose poor job it is to listen to you driveling idiots talk about garbage pickup times, wastewater treatment facilities, and making sure that bench in front of the bar in town is fixed. Maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't be such jerks. But hey, that's Donnelly. Come to Donnelly. We are really horrible people. And if you get mad at me for this, well then, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Dude, you need to look in the mirror. You're the jackasses, not me. I'm just laughing hysterically at how really uptight you guys are. Uh, you got some repression going on down there. Anyway, not the only one we're going out there for. Um, th- this is a story. Uh, some people have really kind of. This one is. Because <sighs> this one kind of gets ugly. This is Fillmore County. Once again, try that in a small town. Horrible story here. <sighs> this is kind of, they don't want to talk about this when it comes to that. It's, 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 it's basically black people. Black people, they don't want to talk, try that in a small town if you're a black person. But when you talk about the stuff that goes on in a small town that actually does happen, they don't actually want to fix those problems or they just want to ignore them. Search warrants filed in Fillmore County suggest investigators are doubting the story of a woman who claims she was driving an SUV that fatally struck an Amish buggy in southeastern Minnesota on September 25th, believing her identical twin sister was at the wheel instead. There is actually a legitimate side to this. It's not just pure speculation. The crash, which took place before 8.30 a.m. the morning, took place on County Road 1 near the town of Racine. Investigators say an SUV came up from behind struck the horse-drowned buggy carrying four siblings to school. Two of those children, 7-year-old Wilma Miller and her 11-year-old sister Irma Miller, died on the scene. Their year-old brother and 13-year-old sister were hospitalized with serious injuries. Horrible accident. Court documents say the 35-year-old woman on the scene approached deputies and told them she was driving the vehicle that hit the buggy. The woman was given a field sobriety test and placed in the back of a squad car. It was at that time the search warrant says her identical twin sister walked to the open window of the two held a conversation during which they discussed that officers on the scene could not tell them apart. The deputy filing in for the search uh, filing for the search warrant alleges that after a press release was sent out announcing one sister as the driver of the fatal crash, Fillmore County, County investigators were contacted by the other sister's employer saying that she had just clocked out from work at 8 a.m. and was heading home a time frame that would line up with the location of the crash. The employer also stated that the woman had sent communications through an employee messaging system saying that she had used meth and was high at the time of the crash. So she, it's likely she was the driver and by her own admission, she was high on meth. Investigators reviewed the messages at the times they were sent and said they indicate the second, second twin as the actual driver. Warrants also allege that surveillance video from the employer's parking lot and the deputy's squad car dam indicates a second sister swapped clothes with their sit- twin on the crash scene to throw investigators off. Deputies received a warrant to obtain a blood sample and fingerprints from the second twin the night of September 26th, the subsequent search warrants gave investigators permission to search the SUV involved in the crash for fingerprints, DNA, and traces of drug residue and paraphernalia. Among other things, detectives also received permission to analyze electronic modules from the SUV that provide information on speed, acceleration, and brake in the seatbelt usage. As of Thursday, October 19th, no charges have been filed in the case. But it, it, it's, it sounds pretty clear that all things are pointing to the sister who just clocked off work and admitted to using meth, which I, I got to tell you the truth. On one side of me, the one twin sister going there, I mean, she's going to jail. Vehicular homicide is an actual charge. You're not going to be able to necessarily just say, I beg for the court not to there. I mean, at the very least, you're reckless driving and you kill two kids. You're going to jail. So this is a pretty big favor the non-meth using twin is doing for her sister to put it bluntly but let's run through the things that apparently you can do in a small town meth Uh, drive while under the influence of meth drive while under the influence of meth and kill two kids in a horse-drawn buggy Allegedly, switch clothes with your twin sister and have her take the fall for you after you killed two young children while driving under the the the, the, the influence of meth. I mean, this is this, this is what this is apparently Jason Aldean says you can you can do all this in a small town. None of this, all this, you can do this stuff all day in a small town. Shoot five police officers, meth dealer. You see the picture of that guy? Holy oh. God. Oh, you didn't even put meth dealer down there. I think it just kind of, you know, <laughs> it, it it fit. Apparently, you can shoot five cops if you're a meth dealer in a small town. You can apparently go and, and start swearing at a reporter trying to cover a city council meter, meeting if you're in a small town. Small towns suck, man. What is going on with you? Oh, I know. I know. You're going to say, don't you dare. <laughs> you got all sorts of crime there, you know, like, catalytic converter theft in the metro. Hmm. Actually, funny story. Crime wave that swept Minnesota and the nation suddenly looks more like a ripple. The relief of car owners and police catalytic converter thefts are trending down for the first time in several years. In the city of Bloomington, reported catalytic converter thefts are down from 315 in 2022 to 69 through August of this year. That's an example, actually, of law enforcement, community business, and the legislature all working together, said Claussen. Hmm, who's in charge of the legislature? Oh, that's right, the DFL. Bloomington became a microcosm of the crisis that cost victims hundreds of thousands of dollars of overwhelmed repair shops as uh, multiple call- they had multiple calls in a day. It was unbelievable, said Scott Finnett, Bobby and Steve's Auto World. Everything had slowed down. Catalytic converters can contain pressure metals that activate, attract thieves who then can cut them in small part from underneath a vehicle in seconds. The surge in thefts prompted lawmakers to pass new legislation in May under DFL leadership. Which added criminal penalties for processing, or excuse me, possessing a detached catalytic converter without proof of documentation. So far, 10 county attorneys around the Twin Cities, along with the city attorneys of Minneapolis and St. Paul, say they have not yet charged anyone under the new law because this is a big problem for them. (laughs) <laughs> the new law will also eventually require scrap metal dealers to report transactions to a new online database after five investigators exposed a loophole that made it hard to track the sale of stolen parts in Minnesota. So here you go. We're actually taking care of our crime. Violent crimes are down in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Catalytic converter thefts are way down in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hmm, that's due to the Democrats, the DFL is delivering thank gosh I live in Minneapolis St. Paul because compared to rural small town America it's a lot safer here a lot more decent too you guys complain all the time about in small towns it's a good quality of life and then stop yelling at journalists how about you do that stop being jerks stop doing racist attacks on the black kids in the school district how about you stop attacking the LGBTQ community? Don't tell me you're welcoming and what a quality of life it is when you've got all this hate and vileness in your own small towns. Stop with your sanctimonious crap. you got a hell of a lot of work to do because we don't have those problems in Minneapolis-St. Paul. You do. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Has the Jason Aldean fan club gotten in touch? <laughs> Are they going to punish me? Oh, no. No punishment, please. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. I'll I'll punish you all with some dancing after the break. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, uh, hello to everyone who's watching the show. You are... You are, I, I don't understand if you, under, you, you get how radio works, but uh, <laughs> Sure. Hi. It's radio for your eyes. The Matt McNeil show. But thank you very much to, to everyone who is watching out there. We do appreciate that. And then of course, there's always a, we live stream this on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, Insta. Uh, I can't do Instagram. No, that's that's probably best. I mean, I'm not one of the pretty people. Um, so that's that's not the worst idea. Uh, and then, of course, we podcast everywhere. I mean, if you want to listen to the show, by all means, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you can get it anywhere we have the podcast. We break down the, the interviews we've had this week. They're all broken down. They're all ready for you there. So you can enjoy those And 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 thank you. Uh, it, it's actually, we're talking about some of the numbers here. A lot of people are listening to this show. I have no idea why I I've listened to this. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if I can say one other thing too, thank you very much to all the nice birthday wishes I got yesterday. That was very nice of you. I really appreciate that. That was very, very cool. Uh, Maya. I love Maya, man. Uh, Maya, of course, this is free. You can start playing this here. This is going to take us on out today. I'm dancing to this. That's right. Uh, you've got Pilot and Crew coming in next. Uh, Native Roots Radio, I'm Awake. We are back on a Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Until Monday. See ya. I
1: know you want to bite. So I procrastinate. Come on. And I'm not the kind of
0: girl who could
1: ever approach a guy